Hello, and welcome to 8 Minutes to Ageless, the podcast committed to teaching you the minimalistic approach to becoming bold and not old. On this 20-minute weekly podcast, you will learn how to care for your body and mind while spending the bare minimum amount of time to be successful. I know that life is full, so full that we tend to put our own needs on the back burner and in some cases are simply too confused to figure out what to do, so we do nothing. This podcast is designed to help you leave regrets behind and start caring for yourself no matter your age, so you can grow older and like it, and I might say even love it. My name is Dr. Kelly Pearson, and I am the host of this podcast. I'm a practicing chiropractic physician and author of Eight Minutes to Ageless. Over the past 40 years, my patients have taught me so much about what not to do that I finally just had to get this book written and podcast started. But before we begin, I want to thank all of you who read my book and keep sending me inspiring comments that you're getting your life back. That makes all the difference and makes me smile. Hi, this is Kelly back with you and we're going to dive into a case study that will probably take into account much of what we've been talking about and putting it together in the package of a person. So I think there's nothing better than really learning about other people's pain um, because often we relate to it ourselves. So There was um, a gal not long ago that came into the practice and she'd been dealing with neck pain for about two or three years. Not, um, she's in her her early sixties and a very generally healthy person, been in a few um, vendor vendors and used to race skiing when she was younger and fell quite a bit had some horses when she was younger and fallen a few few times. So, you know, the point being, she had some collect trauma um, in in her body. And she had been in for lower back pain a couple of years before, and that completely went away, but was still plagued a little bit with this neck pain. Now she is a a CEO, fairly um, high stress challenge, particularly with the COVID and everything being online. And her presentation was just constantly a, a tension in the right side of her neck, where if she bent her head to the left, there would be a pull. If she turned her head to the right, it would be a limitation. Sometimes it wasn't as bad as others, but she could always count on it being there. And interestingly, when she was working out, she felt pretty good. It was just kind of the rest of life where she would often have this neck pain. And if she wasn't sitting properly or things like that, she'd often feel it. So when she presented to the office, she um, was clearly a person who had very good range of motion. She could squat, she could lay on her back and and lift her legs um, straight up to the ceiling and put her shoulders all the way, her arms all the way over her head. You know, so it wasn't like she had a lot of osteoarthritis or, or anything of that nature, but upon exam, um, it was clear that she had a lot of tension in the right upper trapezius muscle just uh, holding, even though, even though she wasn't right-handed, it was, well, she, she, she did a lot of things with both left and right side, but there's just a lot of tension in, in the upper back. And yes, on range of motion, you could definitely see a pulling when she bent her head to the left. The right side wasn't so bad because it wasn't so tight as she bent to the right, but rotating to the right, she felt like she was about 80% of what was normal. 
she didn't have any arm pain or headaches or anything like that. And her x-rays showed a pretty reasonable neck exam in terms of decent discs and those types of things. So we set about doing a lot of um, soft tissue work and manipulation. And that felt so good at the time for a couple, three days. But then the pain would, would often come back when she was introduced back into her stressful, her stressful life. We got her doing more hydration, which definitely helped in the intensity of the pain. And she started taking vitamin C, turmeric, and fish oil, all which reduce inflammation. And sometimes when the muscles tight and inflamed, that contributes to the pain. So that definitely took a, a little bit of the dash of the pain away for sure. But nonetheless, it was recurring. Um, and she liked to she liked to exercise. She, she liked to run, but running uphill and was super hard on her. She'd just get wholly exhausted. And um, I, have, I have seen a pattern like this before where when you don't, when you're walking or running, if you're not engaging your glutes and pushing yourself up a hill, often you'll have this kind of pulling yourself with your upper body and you see all this shoulder motion going forward as if to kind of slog yourself up a hill. And I wondered if that was what she was doing. So we took a look at her gait. And when, first of all, I had her lay on her tummy and I had her lift her legs as high as she could one at a time to see how the glute muscles were firing. The right one was firing pretty well, but the left one was a little bit sloppier. And you could feel upon palpation when I put my hands over the glutes, the left wasn't quite as turgid as the right. And you can feel that when you're accustomed to doing examinations of the body like this. And what was interesting is that in, sometimes in life, if you are, it, when you're walking, as you, your left leg goes back because your gluteal muscles pushing you forward, your right arm goes forward. But if your left buttock is trained not to engage and push yourself forward, that right shoulder is gonna kind of lunge forward as you go up that hill which definitely makes for more stress and tension in the neck. So what I had her start doing was some gentle squats without provoking any knee pain and really feeling her glute fire. And I was also having her do it on, the, on her back with bridging as she laid on her back and her knees bent and lifting up. And I wanted her to palpate, feel her butt muscles and like, yep, I can feel that contraction, great. So then we would have her start doing some walking on hills and really try to push with that leg on the left side up the hill and up the hill, you know, really carefully to engage. Much easier to do walking than running. And she noticed that the right shoulder and right lower neck pain just instantly went away when she was pushing herself with her glute. So then later she tried running a couple times up some gentle slopes and had the same kind of success as long as she was pushing with her glute and, and when she put her weight on her left foot and, 
And then as she was drawing back, her glute would push her body forward. Her right shoulder didn't hurt at all. The right lower neck didn't hurt at all. So she was out there doing exercise and had a movement pattern that she had adopted. For whatever reason, we adopt all kinds of funky movement patterns where she could use her right glute better than her left. But once she started thinking about it and practicing it before she would run and before she would walk, she was able to run and walk without so much discomfort. And what happened is then the aggravating factors that contribute to her neck started to reduce and would say her neck pain was about 50% better. The problem was she was still sore. She was still having trouble. So um, sometimes, you know, clinicians make mistakes and I consider this a mistake where I didn't start first with looking at her breath, but ultimately I got there after about the sixth or seventh visit and I got her on, on her back and when I put my hand on her chest and on her belly and asked her to take a breath in, she was about 70% chest breathing. I didn't tell her what I was looking for because it biases people and they start to use their belly more. Not that they normally do, but they can cheat, right? So she was a, a notable chest breather. And so what happened there was as we saw that that was likely contributing to her neck pain, given the fact in the, in the last episode, we talked a lot about breath and how if you're not using your diaphragm to descend and let your belly uh, protrude versus uh, a, a less sufficient way is to lift your shoulders up so that the lungs get bigger and air washes in. That's not a tolerable protocol down the road. So we had her practice her breathing and really spent a couple weeks, 10 minutes a day, just practicing her breath while laying on the ground in a very, very safe way. And with her legs up on a chair and didn't have her practice it any other way. And then when she was meditating, something that she did, she focused on this breath as well. And then at that point, what happened is her neck pain was cut down to about 90% better, which is a little bit of leftover. So what I told her, which is actually true, is she developed motor patterns that have been going on for so long with her breathing protocol and with her running strategy and her walking strategy, that that wasn't gonna change overnight, but that it would change as long as she kept very consistent thinking about those things. And so she promised me that she was going to, in her case, she had a special elastic band she could wear on her wrist. And that was gonna to represent to her, her commitment to engaging her left glute when walking or running, and that her commitment to do her belly breathing. So that's where she's at right now. I haven't seen her for about three months, so I'll look forward to seeing how she's coming along. But that's an example of, of how sometimes we're doing everything we think we should do for the person to get their body moving better, but we, we forget some important things to evaluate activities that we've created funky movement patterns for. And that's where professionals come in if they're trained to look at funky movement patterns or even realize that a funky movement pattern can contribute to things like chronic pain in the body. So I hope that's helpful to you. And given the fact we talked about breathing on the last episode, perhaps even more of an inspiration for you to, to do that, 
to do that breathing. Um, the last little thing I will say uh, that I failed to mention with her, and I think this is really important for anybody with, with neck pain, is that if you're not uh, using your mid-back muscles to pull your shoulder blades or your scapula backwards, it's quite problematic. Meaning that we have this tendency in this world to you know, lean those shoulders forward. And when that happens, your muscles in your mid-back stretch. And a stretched muscle over time becomes a weak muscle. And then the muscles in the front of the chest become shortened. A shortened muscle over time becomes a shortened tight muscle. And so if you are not counteracting that daily by trying to engage your mid-back muscles, and I mean every day, then you're gonna lose that battle of imbalance and your shoulders are gonna be pulled forward and that always contributes to aggravation of neck pain 100% of the time. So in her case, what we had her doing was laying on her back with her knees bent and putting her bending her elbows and at 90 degrees, so her fingers were pointing towards the ceiling and moving her elbows about 45 degrees from her sidewall. Then she was simply pushing her elbows into the ground isometrically. Obviously she wasn't gonna push the ground away, but in the process of pushing her elbows down, she could feel her wing bones, her scapula come together to engage coming together. And the chest actually rose a little bit in the process, but she was focused on engaging, contracting those muscles, contracting those muscles, maybe doing three sets of 10 every morning after her stretches. And over time, she said, you know, I'm getting stronger. I'm getting stronger with that. But here's the drill. It's like brushing your teeth. You can't stop brushing your teeth. And in a world where we're sitting and bending down and looking at texts and looking at computers, you can't stop strengthening that region either. It's part of the little commitment you make. Now in, in the book, Eight Minutes to Ageless, we have a section on those muscle groups that get weak. And we'll go over those other muscles on our next uh, podcast actually, but I wanted to fill out for you all the requirements that this gal had to do in order to deal with chronic neck pain. And I'll tell you, she is so much happier the last time I saw her because neck pain is exhausting. You know, you, it, it really impacts your energy level and it impacts the clarity with which you think as well. So I hope that's helpful. And um, given our last week's conversation and this week, really hoping that all of you get to play with the uh, breathing protocol. All right, you guys, I look forward to speaking to you next week. In keeping with my minimalistic approach to life, I keep this podcast short and only add the most critical points, not adding fluff. So for today, we're done, but I hope you will do a few minutes of the good stuff we talked about. If you have not picked up the book, you can get it on Amazon. The website, 8minutestoageless.org, will have the show notes and any videos that I mentioned on this podcast. I thank you for spending your precious 20 minutes with me. And as always, you can reach out and contact me via the website. Remember, one day at a time, you are getting bolder and not older. I look forward to seeing you next week.